It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 20th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross, and I can be expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about uh, the Orlando Magic season so far and kind of the beginnings of at least an evaluation of, of how the Magic have played this year with an eye coming up on the task ahead of Jeff Weltman and why even though today we should be talking about game two of their first round series, uh, why none of that may ultimately matter uh, as far as how the Magic develop next. Plus, we'll replay the conversation between Chad Ford and John Hollinger on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast where they redraft the 2014 NBA draft. They'll talk about Aaron Gordon, and I'll react to some of that as well. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering your line of magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Last week, my conversation with Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets discussing who would have won a hypothetical series between the 2009 Orlando Magic and the 2009 Denver Nuggets aired on his feed. I aired it earlier on my feed, but you could check out their their discussion about the Orlando Magic from 2009 as well as that great 2009 Nuggets team over on Locked On Nuggets. Most of us, read all of us, are buzzing about the fantastic documentary Uh, The Last Dance, uh, first two episodes of the ESPN documentary aired on Sunday. It was a nice breath of fresh air to have kind of appointment, live, basketball-related television to watch. Uh, It was a fantastic uh, first start to the documentary. No magic mentions yet, but but we'll get there. Um, We'll have some thoughts, uh, hopefully later on in the week, about the Michael Jordan-era Chicago Bulls in relation to the Orlando Magic. Um, I know I promised that last week, but uh, had to reschedule that. Hopefully, we'll have that discussion coming up later this week. So, plenty to get to, plenty to talk about when it comes to Chicago Bulls. And we got four more weeks of what seems to be an, an incredible documentary series. So, great first two episodes. If you want to know more, if you want more Chicago Bulls, definitely check out Locked On Bulls. Again, like I said, uh, hopefully, we'll be hearing a little bit more about that in the coming days. Whether it's the NFL, NBA, MLB, or college too, or NHL as well, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I, I still think among some pockets of fandom, and I'm sure it's this way for every team and every group of fandom, there's, there's always a pocket of fans who just simply want to blow things up and start over. And, and they view the draft as the best way to, to get young talent and kind of set the foundation for the team. And, 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 and I, I, I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong. I think that's the wrong path for this Magic team. Um, but but it's not necessarily wrong to say that, yes, getting and building to the draft is the right path to go. I often get involved in some of these debates because I have personally come to the conclusion over the last seven years, watching this Orlando Magic team and the struggles that they've had developing and growing as a team, I've come to the simple conclusion that tanking doesn't work. or it, it does, It's not so clean. It's not a guarantee of anything. I'm a big believer, you know, again, having watched this team and watched its failures over the last eight years, I'm a big believer of institu- of uh, institutional foundations, of culture, of laying the foundations for young players to grow over everything else. You know, the Magic had Victor Oladipo, but I can say from watching him play with the Magic, I can say from being around everything that I was around with the Magic, that Victor Oladipo would not have become an all-star in Orlando. And that's the truth of why the Magic's rebuild failed. It wasn't because they didn't, quote, tank the right way. It wasn't because even they took bad draft picks. I mean, Alfred Payton and Mario Zonia maybe didn't turn out the way they wanted them to, but Aaron Gordon's a starter with all-star potential still. We'll get to him in a sec. Victor Oladipo is an all-star. Tobias Harris is a borderline star. The Magic identified talent pretty well. It was combining that talent. It was creating a cohesive organization was putting that talent in a position to succeed. That was ultimately the problem of the Rob Hennigan era. And it doesn't matter how much you take. It doesn't matter how many draft picks you get. Unless you get extremely lucky, which the Magic did not during that run, none of it matters. The Philadelphia 76ers are good, in my opinion, because of the organizational culture they created. And so I I do think that what Jeff Weltman and Steve Clifford have done with this Orlando Magic team over the last three years is a very big step in the right direction. The organizational culture and the infrastructure to help players get better and develop is significantly better now than it was three years ago. Almost a complete 180. I have faith in the coaching staff to develop young players, put them in positions to succeed, and most importantly, to win in the meantime. Now, I do think the Magic perhaps are a little more focused on making the playoffs. Not enough to sell the farm just to be the 7 or 8 seed. I don't think the Magic will go into the tax to be the 7 seed. They're not satisfied with being the 7 seed. But they're, they do value winning. And Jeff Wellman showed, you know, through his time with the Denver Nuggets, through his time with the Toronto Raptors, has been around organizations that, and, and even John Hammond with the Milwaukee Bucks, although, you know, certainly some mixed reviews there with his, with his general manager job, They both believe young players do better in winning environments and in losing environments. And frankly, I I tend to agree too. I mean, I think that the Magic have been better off for being in the playoffs. But that crowd that would say tanking is the way to go or the Magic need to go get a high draft pick, and we'll talk about that coming up in a bit, they're not wrong either. I, I may philosophically 
disagree with perhaps the, the extent that they'll go to. They're not wrong either. Because the one thing you don't want to be in the NBA is stuck in the middle. I, I know I did a podcast at some point in the middle of the season as this debate was raging on and the Magic was struggling, that you're not stuck in the middle if you still have a way forward. And I do believe the Magic still have a way forward. In Jonathan Isaac, in Markel Fultz, even in Aaron Gordon. They still have a way to get better and get to that next level. Get to a 6 seed, get to a 5 seed, get to a chance to win in the first round. No one this season has been satisfied with how the Magic have played. Let's let's make that be perfectly clear. Well, I have certainly trumpeted and been a proponent of making the playoffs, of winning even on a small scale. I, I'm not ready. I wouldn't call this season a failure, but I wouldn't exactly call it a success either. The Magic have slipped in considerable areas, and injuries have played a role. But the offense has never really gotten itself going, which was maybe to be expected, but not to this extent. The defense has slipped considerably. The Magic were 8th in the league in defensive rating last year. They're down to 10th this year. That's the core of their identity, and if they don't have that, they have nothing. They can't win at a high level. While I do think it is good, and, and I do think it is a testament to Steve Clifford's coaching, as well as the experience that they gained from last season, that they have stayed in the playoff race. Not only stayed in the playoff race, they control their playoff destiny. And even though I would honestly say that finishing 7th isn't completely unexpected. Finishing 7th or 8th isn't, wasn't an unexpected outcome. But to be 30 and 35, struggling to get to 500, struggling to stay at 500, even with all the injuries, failing to see the team take a more concrete and positive step forward is certainly disappointing. And it sets the table for what will be a very important and decisive summer. And, and a summer, frankly, where maneuverability for the Magic is certainly limited, and that gets into before we get into the salary cap changes that, that appear likely to happen. Still not 100% sure that the salary cap will change this season, may change next season. It's it's before we even get into a frankly bad free agent class and, and ultimately the decision to re-sign or the Evan Forney's decision whether to opt in or out of the final year of his contract. There is a lot of issues on the table for Jeff Weltman right now. And while as president of basketball operations, his role encompasses a whole lot of different facets of the team, not just the team building. And with the coronavirus scare, of course, you know, his attention and, and, and his focus is on a million different things that he probably didn't anticipate at the beginning of the season. But at the end of the day, the rest of this Magic season is relatively pro forma. As I've said throughout the course of the year, making the playoffs was the baseline goal. It, it was not... Sufficient for success, but it was necessary for success. If the Magic had missed the playoffs this year, or, or if the Magic do miss the playoffs this year, it's not likely to happen at this point. If the Magic missed the playoffs this year, the season would be a, an abject failure. And, and at that point, I might agree, yeah, sell everything off except for the young guys you care about. But that's not the case. The Magic have made the playoffs. They've proven last year was not a fluke. 
And while they may not get to 42 and 40 like they did last year, they may not get to the seven seed like they did last year, they are still a playoff team. As small and as low of a bar that is to clear in the Eastern Conference, they are still a playoff team. But of course, they want to be more. No one wants to be seventh. You want to be seventh as a stepping stone to fourth, to third, to second, to ultimately competing for the Eastern Conference. And frankly, no one really views the Magic as a, as a young team coming up. Maybe they did at the beginning of the season, but with the way the Magic have struggled this year, that hasn't quite carried over. Among the young teams... You know, everyone's excited for, you know, Atlanta probably ranks ahead of them. It's because they have a, ma- a magnetic star in Trey Young. I, I, would, I would argue on that front, the Magic's offensive rating this year is actually better than Atlanta's. Uh, I think Atlanta has a lot more work to do than people probably want to admit to themselves. And some of that is John Collins missed a lot of, a lot of time, but I, I think Atlanta has a lot more work to do than, than I think a lot of people want to admit. We'll see how much Clint Capella can affect that team when he's healthy next season. But... That is to say, as well, there are a lot of teams, a lot of young teams, a lot of young, interesting teams that are coming up for Orlando's spot. And yes, even Brooklyn at seven is about to take one of those spots ahead of them. The bottom line is, we don't need the final 17 games or the playoffs to tell us what needs to happen with this Magic team. We don't need those final, you know, that final quarter of the season, essentially to make a conclusion over what has to happen next. I don't know if the Magic need to go out and acquire their star. I don't think they're ready for that yet. But they do need to be aggressive in searching for ways to make this team better. And frankly, yes, that probably means breaking up their core. It probably means if Fournier decides to opt out, letting Fournier walk. It probably means exploring and very seriously exploring what you can get for Aaron Gordon in the market. It might even mean if the Magic do likes any of the players at the top of this draft, as Josh Robbins and Sam Vecini of The Athletic discussed, trying to use Gordon's contract to trade up. It means that the heart of this project is still there. That next season, they need, I mean, if, if it didn't happen this year, next season they need Aaron Gordon, if he's still on the roster, to take that star leap we've been waiting for, that consistency leap, if anything else. They need Jonathan Isaac to keep getting better. They need Markel Fultz to keep getting better. They need to see players continue along their upper trajectories. And while I think most, for the most part they have, Gordon maybe taking a couple steps back before making this huge leap over the last, you know, over the last 10 games of the season, it needs to be a clearer trajectory. I mean, I, I, I've been saying this line a lot lately. Progress is rarely linear. But the Magic do need to see improvement. And it might come down to the Magic need to decide they're ready and willing to trust some of their young players to take on larger roles. It might really come down just to that. But all of this is decided already. The outcome of the season, whether the Magic's finished 7th or 8th, whether the Magic gets swept, win a game, fall in six, or make it a series in the playoffs. 
all of that should pretty much be decided at this point. Maybe some some changes in valuation depending on how the playoffs go. Um, you know, what you might be able to get for Aaron Gordon might depend on his playoffs, to be frank. But what you can get for Nikola Vucevic might depend on his playoffs, whether he can bounce back and have a good playoffs as opposed to last year. And what you might get might depend on how the lottery falls. If a team that doesn't really have the value need for a draft pick or, you know, that any of that could help could help the Magic, you know, find the right deal, could create the conditions for them to make a big move. I don't think the Magic have to make a splashy move for the sake of making a splashy move. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I do think that they need to have a clear plan and clear targets for what they want to do. And yes, with this added time, this downtime, and the season essentially already wrapped up and conclusions already made, Jeff Weltman needs to make sure that he knows exactly what he wants. On that point about the draft, you know, Josh Robbins and Sam Vecini discuss uh, on The Athletic, if you don't subscribe and, and, and get that, that conversation is, is interesting. They discuss the Magic possibly trading up to draft a player, and Sam Vecini is very big on LaMelo Ball. I, I'm personally not. In fact, I'm personally not a big fan of anyone at the top of this draft. I probably would not make that move to get to the top of the draft. But I will say this. If Jeff Weltman's a fan of any of those players, if there is a guy that Jeff Weltman has to have, go get him. If there is a star, if there is a role player that this roster has to have, go get him. That's really the posture the Magic should take entering this offseason. Is if there's a guy on their board that they must get to improve this team, even if it means taking a step back to let him develop, go get him. Last summer, the Magic remained pretty stationary and pretty, um, not stagnant, but pretty pretty patient with things to try and double down on, on what worked last year and prove that last year wasn't a fluke. They were successful on that front, to be perfectly frank. I, I, I think that that was successful. They proved that last year was no fluke. They are a playoff team. But now you got to find a way to do more, to be more. And that is the hardest task for GM. And I'm not going to pretend to sit here and know every option, every permutation available to them. But it's certainly Jeff Weltman's job to know that. And with all this downtime, he absolutely should have that plan firmed up and ready to roll once the playoffs end and the offseason begins. Before we get into some deeper Aaron Gordon discussion from some outside sources, we're all cooped up a little bit. You know, you know, I, I like to cook. I do. You know, I'll go go out to the grocery store. I'll I'll make some food. But you know, sometimes you just don't feel like making food. Sometimes you just feeling a little lazy, or that game of two K. You're so close to beating that level, it's calling to you, and you don't want to get up and and have to put in the effort and energy to make food. Well. There's an easy way to get around that and still get great food, support local businesses as well. And that is with Postmates. If you're like me, you're you're probably always thinking about dinner and 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 looking for the best food around. Well, Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They make life easier. 
with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door, plus convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. So that's great because lunch is the hardest meal for me. No, it's not. It's just like a sandwich or whatever. But still, there's so many options for lunch. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 off free a free delivery. Not $100 off. $100 of free delivery, cre- free delivery credit for your first seven days. Again, that's $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As you may know, Chad Ford has joined the Locked On NBA Podcast Network with his new podcast, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board, looking at the NBA draft very specifically. And since we kind of have a lot of time to kill, he's joined some other NBA podcasts to, uh, to redraft recent NBA drafts. And He's joined by John Hollinger, a former executive with the Memphis Grizzlies, to discuss the 2014 NBA draft. The 2014 NBA draft, you may remember, was a pretty big one for Orlando. It was actually the draft they were, frankly, t- angling to tank for. The Magic's, I think, overall rebuild plan with Rob Hennigan was tanked for the ver- fairly weak 2013 NBA draft. They drafted Victor Oladipo, number two. Probably would have been the second pick in that draft. Um, it may be the third. It depends how you evaluate Rudy Gobert, but... He was a pretty solid pick at number two, especially since Anthony Bennett went number one. He's no longer in the league. Um, The 2014 draft, though, was the big one with Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, and Joel Embiid. It was a draft that everyone was really, really excited for. And while Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker haven't really turned into much, Parker, I think, mostly because of injuries, but he's still kicking it with the Sacramento Kings. Um, It was considered a three-player draft. The Magic finished third, in that draft lottery, they slipped to fourth once the lottery was held. They also had the 12th pick in the draft using that to uh, dra- to draft Dario Sarge and trade up to Alfred Payton, but we want to focus in on Aaron Gordon, the fourth pick in that draft, sort of the prize of the draft class for the Orlando Magic, and yes, I honestly, the player that the Magic tanked two years to get. No pressure, AG. Chad Ford and John Hollinger discuss the 2014 NBA draft in this segment from that show. There was huge hype around this draft. This was as excited as I had seen NBA teams and scouts in a while. When you thought about before before the college basketball season started, just sort of coming into the draft, there was Andrew Wiggins. There was Jabari Parker, two super highly ranked high school um, basketball players with a ton of hype. Joel Embiid burst onto the scene at Kansas and really 
from the get-go, you could see that he was going to be a special and a dominant NBA big man. There was players like Aaron Gordon and, and Zach Levine, who even back then we knew were going to be competing for titles for NBA dunk championships and just were exciting players. Julius Randle was a big-time high school stud. Marcus Smart at Oklahoma State had an incredible, electric, energetic, passionate season, and, and a lot of people fell in love with him. And then there was even players like Dario Saric overseas who had really become an international sensation and, and was one of those international prospects that was already actually getting significant playing time overseas. There was a lot to be excited about in this, in this draft, and it didn't really turn out to be a, a, the, the draft that we all thought it was going to be. Uh, in fact, after you move past the first couple of guys, maybe you could even argue that it, that it was a bit of a disappointment. How are you looking at the 2014 draft, John, uh, bef- before it all started, before we got into all the scouting and everything else, just the initial just, just, just the initial take on the draft? Yeah, I mean, so this was my first full season with the Grizzlies because I had started in December of the year before. We were really excited about the talent that was in the draft, and we actually – we – we uh, to the point that we traded for uh, an early second round pick, not even knowing who we were going to take. We just thought there was that much value in the draft that we knew we'd be able to get somebody. Um, so in the, I can't remember if we did it in the hours leading up to the draft or while the first round was going on, we traded for the 35th pick. And so you, usually you make a deal like that when you know when number 35 comes up. We made it ahead of time just because we felt like we there were so many guys that we liked. We knew we were going to get someone we liked there. And I, th- I think everyone felt that way about this draft and. You know, even like right from the get go, one two, it's like, well, Wiggins Parker, it's like, what, <laughs> you know, did they, did, what, what value do we get from that? And uh, there, it was a weird draft though because there was actually a lot of good value late. Probably the deepest draft um, in my tenure with the Grizzlies, certainly, and maybe you go back even further. I mean, there was a lot of quality to be had in this draft in the 30s and 40s, even. and you'll see it as we go through our mock. Let me jump in to provide some context because I just want to focus in on, on the Aaron Gordon part of it so we can discuss a little bit about Aaron Gordon. Uh, in this mock draft, uh, you know, they, they go through the picks and, and with the fourth pick in the draft, uh, they select Andrew Wiggins for the Orlando Magic. Now, certainly Andrew Wiggins is a, is a player I think some Magic fans have had a little bit of an eye, eye on and, and believe that maybe he's the kind of player the Magic could chase after who can be a little bit of a primary scorer. He's certainly a very gifted scorer when you put the ball in his hands and and it's shown even in his short time with Golden State that he can still produce a little bit. And he's kind of put in a bad environment in Minnesota. You know, he's traded for, essentially traded uh, for Kevin Love, traded for Kevin Love, essentially, to, so Cleveland could get LeBron James. And, you know, Minnesota, you know, frankly, just doesn't have a great track record of developing players. There, there's no reason why a Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns duo should not have worked. But this, for whatever reason, it did not work. He struggled under Tom Thibodeau, especially just, uh, you know, his, his, his development is really stalled, but it's very clear he's still a very talented player. And again, that's the kind of player, at least coming out of college and high school, that, that the Magic were, frankly, angling for in this draft. So Aaron Gordon does tumble a little bit. And they end up picking Gordon with the 10th pick going to Philadelphia, essentially meaning that they view him as the 10th best player in this draft class. I don't think I agree. And honestly, I don't think they do either. They look at the situation as the reason why Aaron Gordon has struggled. I, I, I don't... You know, on, on on paper, Aaron Gordon should be better than he than he than he has been. Absolutely. And and, and you watch him and you see the pieces, but they just don't all get put together. What what's going on with Aaron Gordon? 
And and do you think that there's still potential for him to to break into being a better NBA player than he's been so far? Uh, I so I think so. I think one of the so I think two things have held him back. One is he's playing with with kind of a similar player in Jonathan Isaac. Like the roles aren't really defined for who's the three and who's the four, and is one of them you know is one of them really a stretch guy, and is one of them you know somebody who's going to be more in the paint and slashing and whatnot. Because they're both kind of not that good shooters and just kind of okay off the dribble. I do think he's maybe lost a little bit of athleticism. Like, yeah, you don't quite see him making quite as many freakish plays as you used to. Uh, but I also think if he was in a system where it was more defined that he was the four and there was more shooting around that, that he might be able to find more creases and spaces to play his game. That's been my thinking all along that this is a, this is a player that's really system dependent, needs the right supporting cast, needs the right role. And that's just never really worked out in Orlando. And, and maybe a change of scenery would, would do wonders for Aaron Gordon's career uh, right now at 10. But the potential, the potential to be better than he is right now, I, I think still exists uh, for Aaron Gordon. And of course, this gets into one of the bigger debates and certainly debate in a discussion that we will have uh, as we get closer to the offseason because I do th- I think we all sort of agree and, and I talked about this with Keith Smith uh, Smith of Yahoo Sports and NBC Sports last week when I discussed about discussed the Magic's future that yes there you know there's definitely a little bit of trying to figure out what comes next for this team and and certainly a, a decision does seem to be coming with Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac over over who the Magic should develop because they are both very similar players. And while I, I don't think we're at that decision point yet, I think I think the Magic can bide their time for another year. I, like, you know, there's reports that came out around the trade deadline that the Magic, you know, shopped Aaron Gordon around, and, and I think they did. And, and I think that... I think that they definitely wanted to survey the market and see what they could get for him without, you know, committing one way or the other. I don't think they needed... They felt the need to trade him at the trade deadline, and I think they'll take the same approach this summer. I don't think the Magic will feel like they need to trade him, but if the right deal comes along, if the right opportunity comes along, they will absolutely pursue it. I don't feel like they are married necessarily to Aaron Gordon. I think Jonathan Isaac is the guy that they believe in. That's the guy that Jeff Weltman drafted, certainly on a rookie contract. They know they're going to have to pay him coming up. That's the guy that they believe in right now, but at 24 years old, I don't think you should give up on Aaron Gordon. And 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 again, like you listen to John Hollinger and listen to Chad Ford, guys who have, you know, John Hollinger has an NBA, has been an NBA executive. Chad Ford has studied the NBA draft and studied the NBA for a very very long time. All those guys believe Aaron Gordon still might have another level to his game. It's just about putting him in the right situation, the right atmosphere, and the right environment to get the most out of those talents. Can he be the number one option? Can he be that superstar player? Probably not. Usually by this time, you can tell who those guys are going to be. But can he still be a borderline all-star? Can he still be a Sean Marion type who can defend the defend really well? And that answer to that is still absolutely yes. This year has been a struggle. 14.4 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists per game. So his rebounds and assists are essentially the same as they were last year when he had a really good breakout season as a great teammate. The scoring is down once again, shooting just 47.9% effective field goal percentage, um, shooting uh, 30.1% from three, which is his lowest in three seasons. After after increasing his three-point percentage over the last three seasons, taking a huge dip this year. And injuries played a big role in that. But then again, you see what he's done over the last 10 games, heading into the hiatus. When he really got into a rhythm, he was a really gifted passer and playmaker. The Magic were picking up the pace and really using him 
as a cutter and slasher. Putting him in the post and having Nikola Vucevic work the top of the key really changed things up too for him. Um, you know, there was, you know, certainly maybe with Isaac being out, there was a little bit of freedom. You know, I think the key for Gordon is to surround him with more shooting. Uh, you know, I, I, I personally, I don't think I'm ready to give up on the Gordon-Isaac experiment. We are getting close to it, but I don't think I'm there yet. But the bottom line is one of those two players has to become a more reliable shooter if it's going to work. The Magic's biggest problem is they don't have shooting. It's not necessarily that they don't have shooting, which they don't. It's they don't have shooters' defenses respect. If the Magic are going to invest in Markel Fultz, which by all indications they are, you can't have a starting core or a core lineup of Fultz, Gordon, and Isaac. There's just not enough shooting on the floor. Vucevic isn't enough of a shooter. Teams are going to let him shoot. Fournier is a good shooter, um, but not someone that that is going to create a lot of gravity for everyone else too because it's just the way he plays. If the Magic can play at a faster pace like they had been playing over the last 10 games, you can paper over some of these problems because Gordon thrives in a faster pace system. And again, that's where environment and kind of identity really play a role in players' development. Like I said very, at the very, very beginning of this podcast, everything kind of ties together here. Player development is so much about the position you put players in to succeed. And frankly, first three years of Gordon's career, the Magic jerked, jerked him around. There's an injury for sure. He had the, the foot injury in his rookie year that, that slowed his development. He had the jaw surgery at the at, at, in the summer between his rookie and sophomore season that slowed him down. And then they tried him at small forward when he probably wasn't ready to even attempt to play on the perimeter with two bigs like Serge Ibaka and Nikola Vucevic. So the Magic, the Magic you know, frankly... Aaron Gordon has put in the work. Aaron Gordon has improved dramatically. I, you know, I don't think he's had the season that we all needed from him or wanted to see from him. Maybe he could still reach that level that we all thought he could. But this season, despite taking a step back, was certainly better than his first three seasons when the Magic just really didn't have a plan for him and didn't put him in a spot where they could get the most of his talent. And that's really what this is about. And so then the question becomes, especially when it comes to Jonathan Isaac, how do the Magic get the most of Jonathan Isaac's talent? And if, again, Jeff Waltman is planning things out, I would hope that he's had a very clear plan. You know, maybe some of these decisions are already made. If the Magic believe that the best way to get the most out of Jonathan Isaac is to move Aaron Gordon on, that's what they'll do. Even if Gordon ultimately does have the talent to do a little bit more. Because, again, that's they got to pick the guys that they're going to invest in at this point. And, and yes, they, they gave Gordon the new contract, but uh, that's, that. you know, that was... I think that was to retain a young asset. And, and certainly Gordon is in a very tradable position with the way that his contract is front-loaded and, yes, the talent and potential he still has. I I honestly still expect Aaron Gordon to have a very good playoffs and, and maybe that'll increase his trade value and see what the Magic can get in the open market for him there. But that's kind of where Aaron Gordon's at. I, I actually tend, you know, I don't know if I agree that he is the 10th best player in that 2014 draft, in his draft class, I, th- I would I would put him above Julius Randle. You know, Randle obviously I think has better counting stats, but I think Gordon has proven and, and is proving this season that he can be a very versatile defender and, and more importantly can help you win. Um, I, I would definitely put I I would personally put him above a guy like Julius Randle. Um, but you know he's probably in the six, seven, eight range of that draft, so you know not not too far off. And you know they kind of have him end up with the Magic anyway, with since Philadelphia traded that tenth pick to Orlando. Um, in that mock draft, if you're interested, they do have the Magic taking Jordan Clarkson with the 12th pick of the mock draft. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check out the rest of that podcast on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. That podcast was from a little while ago. I've been sitting on that one. It's from the beginning of the month, April 2nd. On their latest episode, they redraft the 2013 NBA draft. The much kind of ballyhooed and 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 not overall great 2013 NBA draft for the Magic drafted Victor Oladipo with the second overall pick. See where Victor Oladipo goes in that draft. You can check that out wherever you download podcasts today. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. So subscribe to the podcast on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me again on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including the results of our Magic Madness Tournament, you can find that on orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there, at omagicdaily. That's going to do for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.